And the person interviewing me wrote those words down, looked up from his piece of paper and said to me, so do you think we're going to like that? Yeah, I, I do what I do today, Kathy, because of a fourth grade field trip. No credit to me, just me fumbling along with what I knew at the time and the dog being very forgiving of my mistakes. I've always loved the transitional seasons, fall, spring. I mean, I'm a fan of winter and summer also, but it's these transitional seasons, these times of year where we shift from something that was and shift to something that's new. Always been a big fan. And especially spring, perhaps, because my birthday is in the spring. I don't think so. I think it's mostly because I am a scent hound. I love the smells of spring, the fresh earth, freshly cut grass, and all of the flowers. It's interesting being in a place where there are edges to seasons. The transitions are there, but you get a clear sense of a going from one place to another with this in-between period, as opposed to the you know, sharp stop and start that you find in some other parts of the country. As I've been reveling in the beginning of spring, I'm also thinking about a lot of things that I miss from home, especially because we're about to go into hockey playoff season and that makes me sad that I'm not just there to go to games. And so it started me thinking, it started me thinking about going to a new place which is different from an old place and how we carry ourselves with us, carry our expectations, carry our desires, our wants. And if I do that, I kind of miss the point of being in a new place, of being in a place that's different. So in this week's episode, an exploration of transition and an exploration of acceptance as seen through springtime. Grab your gardening gloves and possibly some Claritin. I'm Kathy Brooks, and this is Talk Unleashed. You know, I forgot. I forgot about springtime, which is kind of ridiculous considering my birthday is in springtime and it is my favorite season of the year, the season of birth and awakening and recreation a season of olfactory deliciousness as everything comes into bloom and lawns are getting mowed and buds are blossoming. But when you don't live in a place with specific boundaries to the seasons, places like Northern California where I lived for the majority of my adult life, where it's kind of perennial end of winter, beginning of spring, temperature-wise, and things bloom year-round. And it might get a little warmer and then a little colder or a little drier and then a little wetter, but there aren't any clear boundaries to the seasons. It's kind of perennial transition. And then living a 
good chunk of time in the Mojave Desert of Las Vegas, Nevada, where it's really temperate and then hot. Sure, there are some seasons, and in the time that I lived there, those seasons actually got longer. There was a time where you had the blistering heat of summer and the dry chill of winter with like two weeks of transition in between. But in the last several years, there was a decided change in that with a long drawn out spring, which was utterly glorious. And then a somewhat drawn out fall to winter. And, you know, winter had a lot less of the chill than it had had in years prior. But now that I am perched for this working sabbatical in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains in central Virginia, I'm witnessing spring. And as I am driving down one of the roads today, just a long, beautiful, winding country road, two lanes meandering through trees and hillsides, there's this blush, this blush pink along the side of the roads. I don't even know what kind of tree it is. It's not a cherry blossom and it isn't a dogwood and it isn't magnolia. And it has this, it's almost as though this magnificent landscape is blushing into its rebirth. Like someone that you've just looked at and said, man, you look good today. And they kind of blush a little and say, thank you. And then you see them settle into the knowing that they look good, that they felt good already, but it's been acknowledged externally. And so it kind of gets to be part of their being in a different kind of way. Yeah, it's like this countryside is blushing, blushing its way into spring. And there's this haze of green at the top of these trees as little tiny buds of green are starting to emerge. You know, the trees are still mostly bare and the roads still look a bit like winter. Dry, barren trees with pine trees stuck in between. But it has a mist to it, a green haze that's starting to settle through the tree line. And the, the air has started to smell a little different. It's like the air has gotten something of a thicker texture to it. Now, the last couple of months were very much winter. There was even snow one day. I was informed it wasn't snow. It was just flurries since it didn't stick, but it was white stuff falling from the sky in a place I was living, so I was calling it snow but it still had that crisp bite to it. And the air still had that crispness. There's a softness to the texture of the air now that has shifted really in just the last couple of days. The other day, I got another signal that the warm weather is coming. I met my first tick. Now I've met ticks before. Like I mentioned, I lived in Northern California and certainly when you go 
hiking in the woods there, you might find some ticks, but not a particular tick-heavy part of the country. Unlike where I am now, there are just one or two kinds of ticks in this part of the world. I think it's something like five. Five active kinds of ticks. And they say that they're around year-round, but really the heat of the season, the heart of the season is late March, April, May, June, July, August, into September. By October, when it starts getting cold again, they'll peter out a little bit. So we have a new routine, the dogs and I. We get to the front steps of the house and we do a tick check. Every dog examined thoroughly using a tick comb, combing them through, checking their ears, checking between their toes. And then I get to do the same thing with me. Well, without the tick comb, mind you, but stripping down, checking everything, throwing the clothes in the laundry, checking my hair, taking a shower. The other day, I was on my way to the shower when I felt the tiniest, a little bit of a nip. When I get out of the, get out of my clothes, I looked and there it was. Little son of a bitch had just taken a little bite out of my rib cage and was preparing to lock on. Well, he didn't get a chance to do that grabbed him, assessed him to determine what kind of tick it was, and then I torched him. Not before letting him know that he should send a prayer to his maker and warn all of his friends. Pretty sure that's not going to have any luck, but it made me feel good. Adapting to the environment. It's important to be symbiotic with the environment that you live in, as opposed to just going to a new place and telling it that it needs to be like another place where you've been the homogenization of the world. I've just finished watching the two prequel series for Yellowstone, 1883 and 1923. They are two separate series that are the origin stories for the Dutton family that's featured in the Yellowstone series with, uh, I think it's Kevin Costner. But in the first two series, we you know see the Dutton family first in 1883, just post-Civil War, packing their stuff up and heading west across the United States. 1923 has them planted in Montana and the experience of the Industrial Revolution starting to reach their shores, so to speak. And I'm, I mean, look, I'm all for modernization, for interior plumbing and electricity and toilets and lights and air conditioning and heat, all the things. And there's also a way to have comfort in a way that integrates with the place where you are, as opposed to trying to crush or whitewash the place you are. It's about being curious about the place It's about leaning into all the things that are different and unique and special about the place that you are. I mean, I gotta say, uh, I am born and raised north of the Mason-Dixon line. I have lived in urban and suburban settings the entirety of my life. I've never lived in a rural spot. I've vacationed in a rural spot. I've visited a rural spot, but I've never lived in one until now. And the experience of 
leaning into what's here, leaning into the assets of where I am and enjoying them. I'll never forget when I first moved to Las Vegas, one of the things that was fascinating to me was all of the people who kept saying, do you miss San Francisco? 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 Well, I mean, if I sat and thought about how Las Vegas wasn't San Francisco and how I couldn't walk to the beach every day if I wanted to and how the air was different and my favorite restaurants weren't there and the stores that I liked weren't there. If I thought about all that, I would have been fucking miserable. So what did I do? I leaned in, embraced my curiosity around this place that was different. Embraced my curiosity around something new, something different. And it became home really quickly, still is. And so now that I am in this space with a whole new experience and a undetermined length of time for it being a primary spot, When I think about that, I could be really frustrated that my closest Trader Joe's is over an hour away. Oh my God, my Trader Joe's. Or that I'll be spending time going to Walmart, a place that I had never actually stepped into until yesterday. That I can't just go to a hockey game, that it's an hour and a half for me to get to a symphony concert. I could sit and think about all the things that aren't. Or I could see the place where I've just pulled in with my car, surrounded by pine and all other manner of trees, oak, maple, magnolia, backed up against a magnificent acreage of pine trees that right now, when I turn off the car and open the window and sit here with the window open, what you hear isn't a freeway. you hear is the wind through the trees. Wind that is picking up strength as a storm front rolls in. It's going to bring several hours of soaking spring rain. Spring rain that will give rise to more magnificent flowers and trees green grass. Springtime. I forgot. I'm really glad I'm getting to remember.
we did it again. Another episode of Talk Unleashed. It's so great to have you here. And you know what would be even more great? If you could scoot over to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, maybe even Spotify, and leave a review. Over on Apple, you actually have the chance to say a little bit about the episode. Spotify, just throw some stars on there, hopefully five. It helps us get seen and helps ensure that this conversation and conversations like it keep getting heard by the people who need to hear them. So do us a favor, hop on over and leave a review. And in the category of saying awesome things about awesome people, huge thanks to my producer, John McLean and the team at Monster Sound and Picture. They are just the best. And if you've got ideas or questions or feedback, I read all the email that comes in. So feel free to toss a message to talkunleashed at gmail.com. That's talkunleashed at gmail.com. Let me know what you like, what you don't like, who you want to hear from, all the groovy stuff. And most of all, thank you. Thank you for listening, for being part of the conversation, and for keeping the conversation going. See you next week. Thank you.